creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, October 19th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Uh, next to him is Mark, who's trying to get the video stuff up and running. That's gonna, I think that's going <laughs> to kick off in a week or so. Not these, not these podcasts, but I think the next ones, you guys are going to get video highlights from the show. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everybody. And down the road, author, speaker, podcaster, aspiring cowgirl, Annie F. Downs. <laughs> Good morning, gents. Uh, <laughs> it's true. I mean, you're not in San Antonio so anymore, good. but I mean, I like it so much, Cameron. It's going to stick just like Loverland. People actually ask me still, it's been, what, 12 years we've been doing this show? Yeah. Ask me, like, where, where is Loverland, Virginia? Is that a small town that Jesse lives in? And I was like, I don't know. Back in like 2006, like I randomly, Virginia's for lovers. Yeah. I just said, like, it's a land of lovers. It's Loverland, Virginia. And it just... Stuck because it's, it's I'm stuck. a repetitive, and, I, and people think I'm actually from there. Like, you right. know, like they, they'll want to like. I get like sent a lot of stuff in the mail from like you know book publishers and press people, and they're like, "Oh, we listen to the podcast. What you know? What's the zip code there in Loverland?" I'm like, "No, no, no." It's. I will say this though. It's made me reflect a lot on Virginia's slogan: "Virginia's for lovers," and it's just creepy at this point. Like, yeah. no one wants to. No <laughs> at one this wants point, to pull at some in, point, it crossed over. Well, I, well, I'd say like I, I initially you're like okay i guess that's a little charming but like lover is a really creepy way to refer to someone <laughs> like like if you were to like hey this is my boyfriend or this is my wife this is my you know if someone were to say hello this uh this is so and so my lover it's immediately the most creepy relationship possible and when it's you that pull Will across skit, right yeah, when exactly. they're on the hot tub when you pull across the state border <laughs> and people and, and cars driving by you're like those two are lovers their lovers <laughs> this whole state is inhabited by weird creeps that's what virginia is for lovers is they didn't think about that but if anyone ever introduces you to their lover a me- that's a red huge red flag that that person's a creep ball i was listening to npr on the way in apparently virginia is inhabited by two types of people lovers and opioid addicts uh, <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> problem in virginia you can be yeah, right. in why, why you there's no pick. reason to pick that's that's not not i don't yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I, I I don't really have anything to say to that uh, <laughs> without without making light of the nation's crippling addiction to prescription painkillers. Um, doesn't does a lover always make you think a little bit like, oh, this is illicit. Like, this is not, yeah, this yeah, is like yeah. an affair it's never, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not like Virginia's for romance or something. Right, 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 romance, right. romance has like a timeless charm to it. You know, like, oh, let's do something Paris. romantic. Paris like, and sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Romance. Like if you, if you say to your significant other, let's do something romantic. They're like, oh, that's like a candlelight dinner. And if you say, let's do something as lovers, that's creepy. You're a weirdo <laughs> at that point. Like, I mean, you're like a weird, you're like a weird guy. It's creepy in a, if you say that to a stranger, if you say that to your person that's great the, either well, way i mean if you're, married, if you're married it's the, okay 
Yeah, yeah, but but even then, even then, it's like, why are you talking like a weirdo? Like that's the kind of thing that dudes who wear bathrobes most of the time at home say. Like they're just like if someone that guy sounds is rich. I'm not hating it so far. Keep going. Keep describing. No, him. he sounds rich, but it's weird. Like if you wear a bathrobe. Other than the, the the following times, one is at a hotel and they got like a nice, free, fluffy one on For the sure. back of the door, even though yeah. that's a that's a little skeezy because yeah. you don't know who's you don't know whose body that robe has been draped on. Yeah, but it's it, wonderful. It's one of the perks of staying at a good hotel. It is. It is. I wear every robe at every hotel. I, okay, okay, I immediately so open the closet and look for the, for look for the robe. That's if there's a robe, robe, I like it. I'm in Bro- and I get in the robe. Same, Briefly, same, same. like. You know, in the in the I would say 30 to 45 minutes window after like showering. Right. Maybe you're drying your hair or something. I don't know. That's robe time. That's fine. (laughs) Or if you had the flu, if you had the flu, robes all good outside of those windows. If you wear a robe, you're probably pretty creepy. I can we agree with that. (laughs) Actually, that's that's a good assessment. I'm I'm mad how much I agree with you, Jesse. That's how right you are. Like if you just went over a friend's house and like, hey, what's up? Come on in. And they're wearing a robe. You're like. Yeah, I'm on, to, I'm on to catch a predator here. I'm waiting for Chris Hansen. I'm waiting for Chris Hansen to jump out, weirdo. They use them in movies too much. Like they're so like in movies during the breakfast scene, the like dad's getting ready for work and the mom's still no in the robe that. and everything. This is two unrealistic things unrealistic things that happen during the movie scene at breakfast. One, the mom in the robe. Two, she makes this huge breakfast. She sets out all like there's like donuts and there's coffee and there's toast and there's eggs, and the husband's like too late, honey. I got I to gotta be to work. He grabs the toast, takes a single bite, puts it back down, and heads out the door. <laughs> this right. happens in a lot of movies, and your wife would Newspaper murder under you. the arm. Yeah. And like like you can't take toast with you. <laughs> toast is a very easy to yeah. travel yeah. four this is, bite this is, breakfast. This is a transportable. Take the whole piece of toast and eat yeah, it in yeah, the yeah. car, That's you right. idiot. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it, yeah. I just made a four course brunch out here. It, I I worked so hard on this. I didn't even have time to change out of the robe. I risk looking like a creep to make this brunch and you're burning take, yourself. You're gonna take one bite of toast when I, you know, I have three different kinds of breakfast meats that I've, you know, had on the skillet. It would, or jerk. even worse, he'll what? just say it's like right? something like, "Up, oh, just time for juice this morning, honey. Just time for juice. Eat some breakfast. If I have, if if you have the entire <laughs> spread, the entire be brunch." Grump. I'd be a big, big rump. I mean, I'm telling you, I have I'm people I work with make sure that I eat every meal. I mean, if I if I if, if it's around two o'clock, I will get a text from somebody on staff. Have you eaten? You know, like just wow. <laughs> you have a staff full of babysitters. Well, <laughs> I, I, I do want to I you know, I'm enjoying well, robe talk, but I have something that I need to talk about real quick before we jump in the show. In so hot today, I, by I, the way. Everybody it's, so because, it's because okay. my wife made my lover made me a six course brunch this morning. <laughs> But you only had time for a few bites of toast. Does that, do I not sound like a super weirdo creep by saying that? (laughs) That's true. You do. Okay. (laughs) Sounds like Dana has too much time. (laughs) So So, so, before you get into your thing, let me tell people what's coming up later. Okay. Okay. The robe hot takes isn't grabbing them. I'm going to tell them what to stay tuned for. All right. Coming up later in the show, uh, we have your, in case you missed it, it's our Friday show. We give you the recaps of what happened this week. And then also uh, Kristen Gray joins us. His Uh. new album, uh, Clear the Air, H-E-I-R, drops today. Today it's timely. Kristen Gray is joining us. Oh, uh, timely. you know what's out. cool about that? I put this in the bio, so they're going to hear it twice. But this is his. Uh, uh, he got signed to Kirk Franklin's RCA imprint. Like you know, oh, you know, deal. the partner. That is a big deal. So it's very cool. It's coming out today. First album on that uh, new label. So yeah, there you go. 
Very cool. All right, what's your what's your thing? What did you have to okay, get off the I, couch? I'm okay, so ready. We're going to Cameron and I, as people know, uh, you know, they're going to be hearing this on Friday. The, in, in the coming days after, like I think we leave on Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. Yeah, the twenty third um, next this coming Tuesday. Yeah. when uh, the new podcast comes out, Jesse and I will be on planes on our way to space camp. Space camp. It's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Uh, you know, Nat Geo has a new show uh, coming out about, season yeah, about two. Mars. No, no, and no. They, it's the season two of their Mars series that, that we, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We I, about I should say year. new episodes of their, of their series yep. about Mars. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, you know, Mars is hot right now. Everyone's talking about Mars. We got, we got a rover up there, you know, so we're going to go to space camp, get the whole experience, and, you know, get some insight about Mars. But uh, we get an email last night. And it says, hey, guys, by the end of the day tomorrow, read the subject line. Attention, Nat Geo Mars space campers. Yeah, (laughs) that's okay. okay. And then it says ready to launch. Please read. First off, first off, Cameron, this is a lifelong dream of him for for me. For me, I have never thought twice about it. I told I told Cameron this in a meeting yesterday. You're going to be the bully. I I have uh, I have like one of those big calendars. You know what I mean? That, uh, (laughs) you know, has the whole month on it. And and my wife writes all of our travel stuff on it. And it's in the kitchen, like on display. And there's there's a there's like a stretch next week where it says Jesse space camp over like four days of the week <laughs> i had friends over the weekend and i literally i saw them looking at it and i was embarrassed like i was like oh gosh i'm a space camp guy but we so we get this email last night and it That's said I, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, um paraphrase here but they essentially said hey by the end of the day tomorrow we need to know if you guys are down for the scuba experience Oh, wow. Oh. And it, so I don't know. There's no details about the scuba. They're like, we need to know your scuba suit That's size. That's all you know is scuba experience. I texted Cameron. I was like, we're not doing the scuba thing, right? What? <laughs> Cameron, I said, absolutely. Cameron. I, said, I said, I haven't seen the email yet, but if there's a scuba experience, of course we're doing the yeah, scuba experience. Of course. It's Thank the closest you. to Thanks weightless. Thanks for reading Enneagram 7 yeah. about this. There's no way. How would you say no to that, Jesse? It's it's a free scuba experience. It's it said if camp. you don't do the scuba experience, it will be a free evening at a, a bar slash pub across the street, which oh, in well, my mind is probably a Chili's. Oh. It's probably a Chili's. <laughs> so I'm either going to go, yeah, I'm so gonna go uh, you know, get, you know, drop the relevant podcast name out of Chili's or do the scuba experience. But here's my, here's what I texted Cameron. I've never trusted scuba. I trust nothing about scuba. I don't want. Why? I don't want my life dependent on hoses, tanks, and valves. I don't trust any of those things. Like, you're underwater, one valve goes, guess what? Dead. Dead. Because you wanted a scuba experience. Your life is online every time you toy with scuba. I just don't, I just don't trust it. You're not, A, you're not right. And B, why you have to do this? Because it, there, something about it is going to make it feel like space. You got to do Cameron, it. Cameron, so you're 100% in on scuba. Dude, Cameron, be a hundred percent. The the email says day one of space camp. They're not going to tell us the details. Just know that it's a full experience. They don't want to ruin the surprise. Yeah, you okay? see, see the, oh, you know I what? You know, and, 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 and I'm like, that means we get like we have like a bag overhead. They drive us to a van out in the middle of nowhere and like march us into Probably. like a warehouse where there's a bunch of weird space stuff to disorient us. I don't. I've never. <laughs> I never went to space camp. I don't know what I'm talking about here at all. But I feel very safe in saying that the scuba experience is not going to be the only time that your life is in the hands of. 
technology gear. like gear yes yeah. it's it's, yes. it's very analog gear it's not like i'm it's not like i'm you, you know uh depending on a self-driving tesla here it's hoses valves and tanks very yeah, primitive but imagine imagine gases. i mean if you're out on a spacewalk you're gonna have to like trust the equipment that you're using to keep you alive that's how we are in the school we are experiencing the fear and the trust it's a part of the training that the astronauts have to go through oh jesse my gosh. i'm very Space nerd talk yeah. Space i'm so excited <laughs> i'm so excited i can't wait yeah, but, but it makes me nervous that they're like, because they said this email will kind of outline some of the agenda and all it says is there's no agenda except, except we need your scuba size. So, You've got to do it, scuba. Jesse. I didn't know scuba was involved with this. Are there, are there, are there seas on Mars that we don't know about? Why are we scubaing? Can I, can I be real with you, Jesse? Five yeah, years ago, I went through a divorce. Okay. And it was a tough <laughs> season. Let's get real. It was real. a tough season. And that summer when I was uh, newly separated, I was invited out to Bob Goff's house in British Columbia. Okay. And there was a group of people and we were told to come or invited to come. And we didn't know who else was coming. And we didn't know what the agenda was. We just knew that Bob was inviting us. I'd never met Bob, yeah. but I was in a season of my life where I was like, why not? Right. So I show up. That's where I met Shauna Nequist. That's where I met some of the people who are now some of my closest friends. For the next yeah. few days, Bob But said, he also got to breathe air the whole time, Jesse, without any tubes. And so, so I get... So, no, 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 no. Hold on, I'm not done. Yeah. So during the three days that we were there, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was the agenda. And Bob kind of made it seem that there was real no program or agenda. But if you look back, Bob had an intentionality to everything. There was, a, there was this process of... The, over the days of learning to let go and to just be free and and like embrace new things. And, and really, I walked away from that experience. What ingrained in me and changed my life forever was say yes. Say yes. Yeah, well. When Bob says, hey, do you want to fill in the blank? You say yes, because there's well, an yeah, intentional. To Bob. I mean, to yeah. Bob, of course you do. But I mean, but like we're literally, we found ourselves Was like Bob jump- wearing scuba gear and said, I'm going to teach you what it's like on Mars. Jump in. Dude, they're like, like he we're could. jumping off That's of cliffs and we're like, land. we're like doing things that are, we're scary and like whatever. And it, it's formative and changed our lives. I'm just saying, Jesse, be like Bob and say yes. Do the scuba. Actually, Cameron wants you to be like, Cameron and say yes. <laughs> and Bob's I'm, going, I'm, I'm like reluctantly Bob. going to agree to scuba. But yes, if if, if I never Jesse. return to this pod, people remember this conversation and be like, <laughs> you know what? Jesse didn't trust his life to, to valves and, and 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 hoses. And guess what? It's it's now the Annie and Tyler show because <laughs> we lost Cameron <laughs> and Jesse to a dramatic scuba. They were partners down there. Don't you have to have safety partners down there? Because I mean, how deep do you think you are going? They're not putting you in the ocean, Jesse. They're probably putting you in a pool. Annie, we have no yes. idea where they're taking us. Jesse, we haven't have no you watched idea. old old NASA Jesse videos died doing what Cameron died, loves. Jesse died in a sheer panic at the, you know, <laughs> unable to even say, I told you so. Think about his lover and all those big lover, breakfasts too. he will now miss. Jesse, that's my bigger concern. I'm not concerned about the valves not working for you. I'm concerned that you might have a little bit of a panic attack down there when your life Do I is... get a scuba knife? Because that's the only cool part of scuba. Jesse, you get that literally, knife. you're going to be in a pool with all of us standing around the pool watching. It's like taking infant swim lessons at the YMCA. Wait, do you We're actually know be... what's going to happen? 
Yeah. Have, hey, Cameron, have you looked in the eyes of those infants? They're terrified the whole time. It's, it's all fun for everyone except the infant, infants who have no idea what's going on. That's all I'm saying. We're the infants see, in this scenario. You're not going to be like, this isn't like abyss where you're going to be miles below the surface you of the ocean. You don't know, either. Tyler. No. Why would they, they might have, they might have a big hole in the middle of Alabama that's filled Jesse, with deep we're dark. Go, we're going to be in Huntsville, Alabama. I, 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 you're going to be in an indoor pool, probably at the Y. I mean, it's all fine. You're going to be good. You're just going to kind of float a little bit. Probably at the Y. I would imagine that NASA has their own swimming pool. (laughs) Yeah, I would think so. That's true. (laughs) I don't think this is summer camp where they're putting you on a bus and taking you to the YMCA. It's like an above ground pool. It's an above ground pool out in the suburbs, which is like the nicest thing in Alabama. I mean, I wonder if scuba is the only way to give y'all zero gravity experience. Is that a thing? yeah, because the only other, I mean, there's uh, the gyro things and G forces and all that, yeah, but the I'm only other way to those. achieve I'm fine for those Jesse, weightlessness. I think, don't, don't you it, forgive me if I'm remembering this incorrectly, but don't you have a bit of a weak stomach when it comes to that kind of stuff? Yep, I will. I will be fine. And <laughs> if if not, you know, Cameron said, then, "Yep, <laughs> Jesse, you really do need to bring a lot of dramamine." Just yeah, because I know. Spinning the things. more we talk about space game, the the the, the less I'm excited, and the more anxiety I'm having hey. about it. But they're taking us because we are going to experience what the people, what the future astronauts who are going to colonize Mars are going to experience, Jesse. This is what your future descendants are going to have to go through. The, the future to, of humanity depends on us being able to complete this. Depends scuba on you experience. having a scuba knife. <laughs> if we can't survive a scuba experience, humanity is doomed because we're definitely not going to Mars. I, I got the I, I got the Ryan Gosling first man movie over the weekend, and based on that, I have a pretty good understanding. I think of what you guys are walking into. Jesse, <laughs> you can rest assured that the technology you're going to be using is roughly the equivalent of like a Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, Texas Instruments calculator. Yeah. An an analog dishwasher. (laughs) Jesse, my biggest concern is you had you had a real heart to go in there like the bully and nobody feels bullied by the guy who's scared to scuba and is puking. That's a good point. (laughs) I know because the bully skips scuba and goes over to Chili's (laughs) is what happens. (laughs) I'm just saying you better bring a lot of drama. You know what? He steals the scuba knife just because that's the cool part. (laughs) He's cutting his steak. He's cutting with his steak sc- at Chili's with a scuba knife that he stole from the pool nerds. Yeah, from the pool nerds. <laughs> Would you like silverware, sir? No, thanks. I, I brought my own got scuba, a scuba knife. knife here. <laughs> you know, okay. Speaking, um, speaking of the Bob Goff, and another lesson you need to learn this next yeah. week, Jesse, of embracing. So, uh, my son Cohen, he's eight. He's turning nine in a few weeks, and uh, he was sent the book "Love Does for Kids." Oh, I saw Ryan. this. And he inhaled it. I mean, he he read it over the course of like three days. Cameron, in my head, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a picture book, but it's a chapter book. No, 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 no. absolutely. It's so cool. It's a chapter book. It it was a lot of words. Like, Dad, there's like two hundred words on each page. You know, and he like inhaled (laughs) it and like loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. We've been talking about a lot. And here's how I know it impacted him. Okay, so my house is under construction right now. We don't have a kitchen. We don't have, I mean, it's just, a, it's a mess, right? So I, I can't cook. I, it's really tough to parent when you don't have a pantry or anything for your kid. So last night we get, um, 
we get dinner delivered and we have to we eat outside. We're in the backyard. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was sunset, you know, lovely weather this time of year. And, you know, we end up just like watering the flowers and we're putting around and, you know, and then we're just kind of having fun. He gets wet and the hose and he ends up jumping in the pool. And then we just had this whole kind of unexpected evening together. And it was a lot of fun. We're going to bed late, in, late at night and, and, or, you know, we're talking and every night before we pray, I always ask him, what's something from today you're thankful for, you know? And he's usually like, oh, that we got to go to Target or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He said last night, this is the truth. He, and this is the impact of Bob's book on him. He goes, well, dad, I mean, I'm thankful it's Monday, which means I can't play video games until the weekend. And because that's the rule, Monday through yeah. Thursday, no video games. And I said, really, you're thankful for that? Why? He goes, well, dad, I've learned that when I don't play video games, I better engage the world around me. You're lying to wow. me. He said I that. I promise you he said that last night. That's adorable. And, wow. I mean, and that is that is Bob. I mean, that is absolutely like, go have adventures and engage the world around you. Jesse, I'm telling you, you needed to read Love Does for Kids. <laughs> I will read. I, I will read. know that's where this is going. I will read Love Does for Kids. And you know, I'm very thankful for Love Does and Love Does for Kids. Uh, the, the one thing that... Before that we go to space it, camp, you need to have the mindset of, I'm going to shut off what I normally would would do and embrace and I need to engage the world around me and say yes to the scuba experience and all of the oh space nerd gosh. things. I will say this. I will say this. Love Does is a powerful book. It's a powerful franchise for this, you know, but I have one beef with it. Uh, oh I was right in the middle of my book, Lovers Do. <laughs> I found out that Love Does. Love Does is coming out. And, you know, I could obviously, I'm not going to release Lovers Do. Lovers Do, the history of the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's uh, <laughs> the, the, creepiest book, the creepiest book ever. Lovers Do. Well, hey, Jesse, next week in Huntsville, Alabama, you need to live the life that lovers do and you need to embrace. <laughs> You need to embrace things you normally wouldn't embrace. Experience. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, when, when well you, probably scuba. I'll give them my size today. You have to. Yeah. How do you know? Is this an inappropriate question? How do y'all know your scuba <laughs> size? How would I, I, think I would just, know how to are you? Them. Are you a small, medium, or large? I think is the basic question. Yeah. I mean, you can't be wrong on that, though. You can't. This isn't I know. like yeah, a the stakes, too, the stakes are too high yeah, for no, me to guess. The stakes are really Overestimate. high. Overestimate. It'll suck to you. Like waiters. It's fine. Just yeah. get a bigger it, one or if you're it'll unsure. fill with water and drag you down and make your tank slide off. To the, to the bottom <laughs> of the YMCA pool. Yeah. While, while, while I'm falling <laughs> to the bottom of the, of the pool, wildly flailing my scuba knife. At, That's right. You know, that's right. Well, moving the show along, it is time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. Hey, in case you missed it, this week, Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert um, might show up to a random church and serve mass. The Tonight Show host was a guest on the recent New Yorker Festival where he opened up about his faith background. Um, Fallon, who grew up wanting to become a Catholic priest, revealed that his show recently came really close to getting the Pope to be a guest. And like uh, late show host Stephen Colbert, he served as an altar boy when he was young. He then revealed that he and Stephen have been planning on visiting a church together. He said, we actually talked about showing up to a random mass around the city and just reliving our altar boy days and serving mass one day. We might still do it. He previously told Terry Gross about growing up in the church. He said, um, I just loved the church. I loved the idea of it. I loved the smell of the incense. I loved the feeling you get when you left church. I loved how this priest can make people feel this good. I just thought it was, I love the whole idea of it. My grandfather was very religious. So I used to go to mass with him at like 645 in the morning and serve mass. I thought I had the calling. 
Hmm. There you go. Well, he's still doing a thing so to make cool. people feel good, I guess. Yeah. And 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 I, I've heard. I haven't been to a taping, but I've heard that the Late Show set. The incense is very powerful. The, <laughs> the, the smell, it smells great. Are you kidding? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, they, yeah, they do kidding. communion, oh. uh, you know, right before the roots come out. Um, <laughs> it would have been, it would have been cool if the Pope was on the show. Like, I would love yeah. to see the Pope on like a late show or a Tonight Show, but I would not like to see Jimmy Fallon interviewing the Pope. Like, have Colbert again. Again, I would, I would like to see him on Colbert because no one wants to see the Pope play beer pong or like slap big hands with Jimmy Fallon. Like, that's <laughs> right, just right, a little, right, that's right. like unsettling. Eggs, you know? that game where he cracks it on. His head, no yeah. way. Yeah, I would. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. I'm saying it would. I don't think it'd be a. Good I feel thing. weird. I feel good, weird. It'd be great it. TV. But I'd feel weird about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, in case you missed it, uh, this week, uh, Young Sheldon, the show on CBS, you know, um, featured another pretty compelling discussion about faith and doubt. Um, so the mother on CBS's Big Bang Theory prequel is a Christian, and in a recent episode or episode, she experiences a crisis of faith. Uh, even though her son is an atheist, young Sheldon, uh, he makes a very thoughtful case for the existence of God. Here's a clip. Did you know that if gravity were slightly more powerful, the universe would collapse into a ball? I did not. Also, if gravity were slightly less powerful, the universe would fly apart and there'd be no stars or planets. Where are you going with this, Sheldon? It's just that gravity is precisely as strong as it needs to be. And if the ratio of the electromagnetic force to the strong force wasn't 1%, life wouldn't exist. What are the odds that would happen all by itself? Why are you trying to convince me to believe in God? You don't believe in God. I don't, but the precision of the universe at least makes it logical to conclude there's a creator. <sighs> Baby, I appreciate what you're trying to do. But logic is here. And my problem is here. She's pointing to her heart. Thank you for clearing that up. Well, there are five billion people on this planet, and you're the perfect mom for me. What is she pointing to her knee? (laughs) (laughs) I'm having some knee problems. (laughs) That's really sweet. Yeah, who's writing the show? Because whoever is writing the show, cause, yeah, because they follow that. Knows. Like she prays, she like prays. Yeah. After There's got to like, be a faith person in the background writing that show. Well, you just because the, term- the terminology stuff. is right. I mean, like there was another episode where like a storm was threatening the family's house, and she prayed, and she's like, "In the name of Jesus, I place a hedge of protection right, right. around this house and my family." Absolutely, a Christian wrote that. Yeah. Line. I mean, well, there's the no other way- thing too is like I was sort like obviously <laughs> I have Cameron. You and I talked about this recently uh, about like cbs sitcoms about how like like king but except king of queens popular right except for they they like king of queens like king queens man in in retrospect you can watch it now and it's really funny jesse and i traveled i don't know where were we i don't know we were together i think i think in atlanta Atlanta, that's right we're in a hotel room and 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 for some reason in the morning there was a marathon of king of queens yeah and i watched i found myself watching it you know a lot lately for some reason and you know, it came on, I put it on. And, and it's just like, I don't laugh out loud at television or movies. I don't like respond audibly. I, I mean, I'll smile or I'll enjoy it. I'll think it's funny, but I just don't like yeah. the fall. That's been hard for me because you don't laugh out loud at my jokes a lot either, but go ahead. I I laugh out loud at Kevin James. It, it's really funny. Well, it holds up and and the thing is, is like if you break, if you watch the show and break it down, it's not just like slapstick. It is like 
well written. Yeah. It, it, it didn't like hit one note and just kind of stay there. I mean, the show kept evolving, but there are scenes where, where he does his physical humor and, and like Jesse and I were watching, I'm going like in the writer's room, how did they write what's happening right now? Cause it's like a solid two minutes of the show, yeah. no dialogue. Right. And it, he's, and you're roaring with laughter. And like, how did you even write this? Like yeah. he is a comedic genius. I'm just saying Kevin James, the father-in-law is what it, gets me it, on that it, show. It is, yeah. but, but, and my greater point is this too. Like, like CBS gets a bad rap, it gets a rap for their sitcoms, rightfully so. A lot of them are just awful. But like in like researching for this, I like watch a couple, and I've never seen. I've only seen full episodes. Like, Jesse, you watched a couple. No, of I really watched full episodes, but I, I watched a couple clips. I was like, you know, I don't know. Like a lot of like popular shows, there's an air of like cynicism or irony, and I was like, I'm kind of surprised at how like sincere this show is, and even that scene, it's like. That's like a, you know, it's got a little corny, but it's like a tender moment that isn't played for laughs or irony, which is like, oh, that's kind of interesting, you know? Comparing I'm not saying it's a great show. Gravity to being put in the right family. I mean, that is like some really beautiful writing. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. It's just interesting that that exists on a show that's a prequel to like a, 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 a sitcom that's basically a punchline, you know? Speaking of beautiful yeah. writing, remember God is out. It's been out for like two weeks. Right. And, I have started it and it's phenomenal, Annie. And I can't believe that you put out there that you're going to get married this year. Shut up. I didn't. <laughs> oh, I guess I did on the show, but <laughs> I didn't put that in the book. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's documented for permanent. Isn't it? Everybody should read it. It's right there in the forward. No. <laughs> How's that going by the way? The getting married or the book? Yeah. No, the, well, both. <laughs> Um, let's mainly talk about the book. Okay. Uh, it's been good. It's been, people have been really sweet. You know, what's been interesting is this has never happened before with any of my other books, but people are mailing me letters like four and five page handwritten letters. It is, it makes me cry every day because that's not, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm more than a handful of books in and never in my life have I had people and all of them start the same. Y'all, they all start with like, I've never done this before. I've never written. This is so weird to write a letter to an author. I mean, they all start with like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I decided I wanted to write you a letter. Is the return address uh, a correctional institution? <laughs> no, that's the marriage part. That's part two of the conversation. Okay, okay. Just wanna, no. like, like, like the three or four times a year that I sign, like write a greeting card, I always think the same thing. My handwriting is terrible. Like, I, should really, I should really work on my penmanship because I only use it the only scenarios I use, I write is sometimes I'll like jot notes that only I see. So it doesn't matter. But the only time that I'll, I'll, I'll write something that other people see, I'm automatically embarrassed. It's greeting cards. I'm yeah. like, this penmanship is awful. It's like I haven't <laughs> practiced this at all for like 10 years, you know, I, but you haven't. It's uh, exactly. Yeah. It's when exciting. I, when I write notes on those birthday cards and stuff like that, like by the time I get I, like my, my cursive is so exhausted by the time I get to the end of that two sentence blurb my name is usually a c and just a scribble yeah. like i like my is just, cohen learning cursive at school yeah 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 they took it out of public school curriculum i heard but his private yeah. school is teaching cursive this yeah. year whoa oh, cameron if i'm at the bottom of the pool and i'm writing the words help with the scuba knife into the water <laughs> right you probably won't be able to read it because my you won't be able to read so it but what he is saying is help me yeah, help oh, me. And funny. it looks like I'm just stabbing. It looks like I'm just stabbing wildly, but yeah. I'm writing help me in cursive. Under and the you know pit. what's crazy is like 
it doesn't take much for us to send one handwritten thing a day, right? Like writing a note to somebody once a day. Like that's not a huge time it's waste. The postage. The postage. I'm not even. I'm not. Can I be honest with you guys? I'm not even entirely sure how postage works. <laughs> like, <laughs> this episode is like, like a stamp. Stamps.com. Like, <laughs> stamps. Hey, do people okay, still doing I, stamps? Last night I was pay, I was paying bills and I was going through all the mail and everything and uh, and I got my ballot to vote. Yeah, oh, like yeah. they mail, oh, and sure. I don't know if they do it where you are, but they do in Florida. You know, you can get the ballot, and you have the option of just voting there and just mailing it back. And and it's prepaid postage, fine, great. So I was like filling out my voting because it's very important that everybody votes in the midterm elections. Yeah, FYI, sure. it's very important. It's coming up in like a week after this podcast. So oh, yeah, it's almost time. Um, so I'm filling out my thing. Jesse, here's my conundrum is I didn't need postage. I mean, I would, I would, I would never go down there and buy a stamp. I mean, so yeah. it's prepaid. No problem. I have one of those door slot old school things, oh, you know, yeah. where like, like they dump There's the no mail flag, into my though. foyer. Yeah. How do I, no flag. How do I send it back? Oh, you don't. Yeah. They, you don't have like a, you can't dump it back out there. No. Yeah, what do I, I just know. leave it on the ground and hope there's the mailman sees of, there's it? There's a lot of things about our our postage postal system. <laughs> can you just like I'm just not? I'm just unclear about. Can you just half you. slide it in the? Can you just like grab it with the door? Can you just put your envelope and grab it with the door? I, I have, have like workers coming in and out of my house all day. Drop it in there. <laughs> yeah, bring it to I'm work. Just, do y'all have a mailbox at work? I don't know. I'm assuming <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. Like when you really <laughs> dig into the postal system, when you really know. dig into it, it's not like I see a postman coming really to funny. the office every day. I don't know what's going on. I mean, we the get whole UPS voting and- system is very complicated. Like you know, you got to show up, you got to register, you got to show your ID, you got to yeah. go to a little wait in line, you got to the little iPad booth. They need to do it like they did in the, like democracy's early days, where the whole the whole town gathers in a room and it's like and raise you your know, hand, you vote, and you just go I, and it's, whatever <laughs> group is. yells the loud. Loudest I or nay. That's how we decide things. So that's know? like, and I mean, this is for real. This is what the electoral college is, right? The the town would gather, and then a representative of the town would go go to the state and say, "This is then what there, our town there, voted then for." Then there's a duel, and oh then gosh. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember all the steps here. There's a duel, <laughs> and then what? There Jesse? is they, they go and they burn these things, and if the smoke is brown or gray they have to go one way there's a lot of steps it's very complex it's you very should know complex. up there in virginia you can just go to um oh what's it called jamestown and what's the other no, one? The old-timey one colonial williamsburg, williamsburg. yeah colonial yeah. williamsburg you can go vote there i love that place that place that place is crawl those places are crawling with red coats if they find out you're voting <laughs> for this for a government of the colonies, they take it real serious. My mom bought yeah, a actual outfit there. Went last time we went, she bought like a colonial dress. It was awesome. Did she pose for the the cover of a Christian romance yeah. novel? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have I have. There's a I live in a, in a neighborhood called Thoroughgood here in Loverland, and there's like a house in the neighborhood that was like built in like 1600s. It's like a museum now. A thorough. It's called the Thoroughgood House. I mean, it's like right down the street. There's like reenactors hanging out there all the time, like for, in for your neighborhood. school kids. Yeah, in the neighborhood. Literally, there's one in the neighborhood. I, I, I'm all, I'm, I, I like will jog by there sometimes or ride my bike and I'm always tempted to go mess with the And somebody's out there turning butter or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right there down the street. You know, I'm is it, always is it tempted. a convincing reenactment? Like when you, do you feel like you're on the set of a movie or you walk through I'm a portal and jealous, is it like, Jesse? It depends. Oh, it. it depends. Like there's some slackers that work there. There are some slackers that work there. If you're going to go, you, gotta like, really, you really got to pull yeah, yeah, yeah. They, just, they just opened the newspaper and looked at the classifieds. They're like, oh, cool. They're hiring a butter churner over at the Thoroughgood <laughs> house. Why not? You know, <laughs> times are tough.
times are tough. <laughs> I'm realizing I'm realizing all three of us live in cities that have a peculiar other side. I mean, like yeah. Nashville has the cheesy country music stuff and honky donky stuff. And Jesse's got the colonial thing and I've got the theme parks and stuff. We don't live in normal cities. The three no, of us. not at no. all. Not at yeah, all. I think he means the four of us. I don't know which me or Tyler he's cutting out of this. Story. I was talking about you, Annie. I, I Tyler's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, you know, one of Didn't us live in anything. a state, one of us live in a state, you know, covered with robe wearing lover creep balls. So, I mean, <laughs> a, weirdos, a lot of weirdos out here. We kind of oh, have two, uh, though, because we have the, the honky tonk like like country music industry and then the Christian music industry, yeah. which is like yep. everybody who's also kind of a youth pastor is either going to be or already was or, or is worship leader at their church. Yeah. That, yeah, whole, yeah, yeah, that yeah. whole thing. And there, and there's a little bit of overlap. The, the Venn diagram. The overlap is Brentwood. The overlap is there's a the over, city between Nashville and Franklin. And is there Franklin like, is there like a here. old, old, like, you know, like there's a farm or a retirement community where like old CCM stars kind of gather there. Cause I feel like they all retire. Yeah, it's, in called, it's called They're, creation fest. And they all <laughs> hang out. And... They go back there. Oh, like the salmon going back to their birthplace. They return to creation. No, it's fest. called, it's called the Newsboys. They all just, you know, they go and <laughs> join the Newsboys. There's like 50, that band's 50 people deep and they all were in different bands. That's, that's their, you know, you're not allowed to retire. The the small big bone small bone won't let you retire unless you accomplish right. three tasks, all yeah. of which are joining the news. <laughs> is it like that Heisman house where all the Heisman guys live in the same house? Is it a similar experience? Yeah. <laughs> As they would have us believe, like uh-huh. all the Heisman guys. Once you give a like winning a Heisman trophy seems like a very prestigious thing. So you're really under house arrest with like right. you know with Herschel you know, Walker uh, and Tim Tebow yeah. forever. Yeah, exactly. I got to live with Johnny Manziel in a frat house forever. You know, I can't leave they're imprisoned in the high that sounds house. like a nightmare yeah. hey in case you missed it this week lauren daigle led worship at a maximum security prison well I, uh, I, that's at, a typo she actually led worship at the heisman house they are in prison there so <laughs> she did a worship <laughs> conference for all the heisman <laughs> trophy winners Jesse, pretty cool. if we gave awards for the quickest joke of the whole year you would win that one for sure go ahead cameron that was jesse's been sitting on it the yeah, stateville correctional prison in illinois uh, currently houses more than 3500 inmates um and they did a letter writing campaign Annie about her new book because um, <laughs> that's what they do they write letters they can't send emails um, and uh, Lauren visited this week with a full worship team for a special service uh, and, a, and a Facebook post about it she wrote we sang songs with inmates whose voices carried deeper in our hearts than the echo of a microphone will ever release I saw hope in the face of the hopeless joy in the wake of sorrow wealth in the gap of depravity and life in the midst of death uh, these people have stories and they also have souls. I watched heaven befriend those who are often forgotten. It's amazing. So cool. That's beautiful. So cool. Yeah, I, I love when they when they do that. Why? Why, Tyler? When they do that? Like what? Johnny Cash? Um, and, because like, I think we we tend to, like in this country, in so many ways, we, we treat uh, the incarcerated really poorly, the formerly incarcerated really poorly. Um, we tend to ignore them. Like, like we were said, they can't vote like we were just discussing. Uh, and then what, like they're the broad assumption is that if that is that if you're in there, you're just kind of forgotten. And it's it's such a it's such a travesty uh, how often we as other people have said before, this is isn't original to me, but how we define people by the worst thing they've ever done. Um, so anytime that in, that an artist or that somebody who's in the creative industry is willing to go and and uh, like bring their art to these people is I think something that's really inspiring. And I hope mm. could kind of like filter down to the rest of us to be, to keeping them in our, 
making sure that their livelihood is still part of how we take in the collective we of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beyond, there's a lot of authors like Bianca Oltoff does the same. And so many um, authors like donate piles of books to prisons. And I just think it's a, um, it is a ministry not to be forgotten. I think. Yeah. 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 It's really important. There's a ballot initiative in Florida that I voted on last night about restoring the voting rights to former convicts and stuff. I think it'd be a good thing. Of course, now, it'd be now, a good now thing. Now, the trick is, I don't know how to get this thing delivered anywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's worry about restoring Cameron's voting rights before we move on to Cameron. Just, he, yeah, he just <laughs> poked his head out the window and yelled, I on the voting rights. <laughs> I. I mean, I'm like, you know, being a holistic, having a holistic uh, viewpoint on being pro-life, you know, you're about life and human dignity. And, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense to me from a, you know, an ethical and a Jesus standpoint that like after somebody who was incarcerated, paid their debt, was rehabilitated, wouldn't have their rights restored. You know, they, yeah. they, they did what they had to do to pay for whatever mistake they made. And why can't they start over, you know, after yeah. that? It just doesn't even make sense to me logically, let alone as a Christian. And it kind so. of compounds the issue then because these are these people then never have a voice and there's not a right. whole lot of people out there who can vote, who really consider the voting rights of the incarcerated to be a really big, important part of their like platform or their politics or anything like that. So they, they effectively remain people without a real voice in a democracy. And I think that's too bad. I mean, if you want to peel back the layers of the onion, I mean, voter suppression is a way that the powerful stay in power and squelch the voice of people who are different, you know, in minorities and, you know, impoverished communities and stuff. Uh, a lot of, especially in the South, a lot of states like put policies in place and, and the things that make it logistically difficult for uh, certain communities to even get out and vote, which then keeps the power structure in place and stuff. And so I think you know, obviously voter suppression is, is a huge issue we need to talk about, but yeah, for sure. And, and also like, there's an irony with, you know, things like not allowing, uh, you know, people who have been convicted of felonies to vote because, you know, I mean, we call them correctional facilities and it's right. supposed to be about rehabilitation when in reality, we don't have a system of restitution and correction. We have a system that's purely built on, you know, punitive uh, punishment with the idea that that's going to be some kind of deterrent, which evidence shows that harsher sentencing a lot of times isn't even an effective deterrent. Right. And they're not, they're, they're not, you know, the goal doesn't seem to be, well, let's take someone who's done something wrong and correct them and allow them to go and make sure other people don't make that same mistake by being able to do things like vote and be, a, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of places that have, uh, you know, policies against hiring people who, you know, have, you know, felonies in their backgrounds. And like, you know, instead of allowing people to actually go and make sure that other people, you know, don't make the, those mistakes, you know, they just get locked away as if that is the, is the best deterrent for someone else committing that crime when there's increasing evidence showing that 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 isn't the most effective deterrent, you know? Yeah, of course I think not. it's good for, I think there's a certain element of, uh, of posturing for a lot of voters. It makes it sound like you're tough on crime. If you're, if you say like, if you advocate for harsher sentencing, uh, that gets people fired up and sounds like you're taking your really strong stance, but, uh, I, that's, that only goes so far. And the statistic, statistically, like you said, Jesse, it just doesn't seem like it's the case. It doesn't bear out. Yeah. 
They've yeah. done at all. Um, okay, and lastly, uh, if in case you missed it, Drew Brees gave a moving interview about faith after breaking the all-time passing record last week. Uh, the Saints quarterback uh, became the NFL's all-time passing yardage leader, surpassing Peyton Manning for the record. Uh, after breaking the record, he ran to the sidelines and embraced his wife and young children. And then after the game, um, Brees was asked about what he told them. He said, it's probably what I tell them every night before they go to bed, which is you can accomplish anything in life if you're willing to work for it. Nothing is given. Everything is earned. God has equipped us for great works. I tell them that every night. Uh, Drew has been open about his faith, telling Sports Spectrum that, a hear- that hearing a sermon when he was 17 years old changed his life. Here's a clip. And I was locked in um, on the pastor as he was sitting there talking about how the Lord was looking for a few good men to carry on his kingdom, to spread his word and to live the life that, that he had planned for them. And that spoke to me. And it was at that moment that I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart and knew that there was something that was bigger planned for me than just sports. Oh my gosh, I've never heard him say any of that. That's so cool. Drew Brees, I, you know, he not only is he like one of the most like I feel like likable dudes in the NFL because he's like I think he's like 39 and he's and he yeah. a year to year leads the league in passing yards. He's just fun to watch. Like even if you don't like the Saints, even if you don't really care about him personally. I was about to say as a Falcons fan over here, you're you're But I will say this, if Drew Brees is playing football on TV, it's really fun to watch because he's a great player. But the other thing too is he means so much to I feel like the city of New Orleans. For people that don't know the story, he had a really bad injury right after he got into the NFL with in a shoulder and they didn't know if he was going to be able to play and so the Chargers who had drafted him ended up choosing to go with Phillip Rivers another quarterback they had on the roster and kind of shipping Drew Brees off he lands in New Orleans the next year you know Katrina happens and you know I mean we all remember images from the Super Superdome where the Saints play and, you know, in the following year, you know, he comes and wins a Super Bowl in the suit, you know, and, and brings a Super Bowl to, you know, his his hometown, which was so in need of kind of like a boost. And he's been a huge part of that community. Him and his uh, wife and his church like are do huge outreaches in New Orleans and just seems like a really good dude, you know? Yeah. And I will say this. He is the quarterback for my fantasy team and has been killing there it. There it is. Okay, there it is. <laughs> killing it. I knew there was something <laughs> so less than like, like 350 yeah. yards a game. All right, well, that'll do it for in case you missed Intrinsically it. Intrinsically good. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Up next, Kristen Gray joins us. to Maggie Rogers. She's back. Uh, the song is Light On. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Fern with Are You There? Well, today's show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries is a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians caring for one another's needs, from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. Um, we're going to do something different this week with our sponsor. Um, we want to tell yeah. a story of somebody who's actually doing this. It's a completely revolutionary concept to traditional health insurance. It's healthcare sharing. So um, 
Jesse recently talked to cancer survivor and health blogger Courtney Campbell, a wife and mother of three whose family has been uh, Samaritan members for five years. She, she told yeah. us how Samaritans not only provided for their medical needs, but it's also plugged her family into a passionate community of fellow Christians. Uh, yeah, I was really excited to talk to Courtney. It's such a cool thing, and, and especially how she's been able to connect with, with so many people through it. Here's my part of my conversation with Courtney. Well, tell me a little bit about how you first learned about Samaritan Ministries. Um, well, a friend mentioned it to me um, because we're both kind of in the crunchy realm of you know health, and she said to me that, you know, this is a really great option. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was... We were, it was just like another confirmation that we were kind of taking this leap of faith of me quitting my job, and that was just a, an option for us. Once you kind of discovered Samaritan Ministries, how did it kind of change your lifestyle? It's a very spiritual experience in that you're not just sending um, money every month or, you know, your bank account being debited to your health insurance. You know, it, it's you're spending a very intentional, you know, gift to somebody. You're sending your share to a family with a card and you know what they're going through and you're praying for them. And it's just so different. It's, I look forward to who, you know, who am I sending it to this month? You know, and my kids, they want to, you know, they want to know. And it's just such a different experience. Since you've been with Samaritans, you have pregnancies, there's been childbirths, cancer screenings, you know, broken bones. Tell me a little bit about what it's like to receive support, um, non-financial support from other members who are who are praying for you. Oh wow, it's the best! I mean, talk about deepening a deepening of your faith just through what other members are are saying to you in their cards and in their letters. Um, we have gotten everything from you know just a simple a post-it note with a, some scripture written on it saying we're praying for you along with the check. To, um, we had a miscarriage back in January and one woman knitted me a quilt and sent it to us with just such encouraging uh, scripture and notes and it's just so different than insurance, you know, but, but so much better. Well, this week, rapper Kristen Gray uh, drops his new album on Kirk Franklin's RCA imprint, uh, Folio Soul Recordings, which he did, he started that thing in the 90s. I remember covering Folio Soul Recordings when I was covering Christian music back in Nashville. Oh, wow. He's been doing it a while. On Clear the Air, his new album, uh, Gray opens up about his faith and also how that intersects with life's more difficult moments. We recently spoke with him, and he walked us through some of the new album's standout tracks. Here is our conversation with Kristen Gray. Well, let's jump into a couple of the tracks. I want to start with Time Out. You know, that's, you know, I feel like that's the one I've seen a lot of people sharing. And it's a, I mean, that one is like a bold track, you know, like that, that track's got some like swag to it. Tell me a little bit about how that song came about. Well, Time Out is kind of like the little brother to a song that I released in 2016 called Stop Me. Stop Me ended up, God took it. I won't say it ended up. God took it to some amazing places. We've gotten some major sync placements all the way from ESPN to the ESPY Awards to HBO to Fox to Honda, now Madden 19. As soon as you turn the game on, they're playing that song. And we knew that we needed to fill a need, you know, within the 
within the industry uh, to give them you know heavy overt jesus content that's reaching these mainstream platforms so we made time out just as a way of saying like regardless of where we are and regardless of what we're dealing with and what we're facing don't even consider giving up like we're not going to call it's not called game over it's not you know it's called no it's called timeouts that's basically to say there are no timeouts in this life just keep going so you know the high energy man the swag you hear is really just the confidence that i have in the holy spirit to kind of bring me through every situation now seems like you're shaking up look tough till i caught your bluff been exposed everybody knows now you gotta go that's the rules i ain't make them up about to lose, yeah, it's too clear. Drop the ball, happy new year. Uh, everybody count down, seconds on the clock now, nothing else to see here. You better call time out. Well, I, I want to talk about uh, another song that, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people uh, sharing. And it's kind of on, on a different end of the spectrum, it's really personal, is Together Forever. Tell me a little bit about how, how that came about, because you get really hear you wrestling with things in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we... we uh it's like a hip-hop ballad and when i say we i talk a lot about um my business partner christian band who lives in in canada shout out to the six i'm always in toronto a lot but um he helped me kind of craft these songs and really approach this topic again coming out of just the ills and the lows of divorce and transitioning through just the difficulty of the music industry in the christian space i think that's the hardest industry to be in is the christian music industry um, because there's a lot of ego, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of greed, but then you add faith to it, and it just makes it all more all the more complicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, together forever was my response to everything that I had gone through that I didn't expect to, and basically saying even if we're not together forever, you know, in regards to my previous marriage, even if we're not together, the people I used to work with, I want this message that we both said that we agreed with you know, the love of Jesus Christ, I want that to always stay there and keep us together as a family unit for his glory. That's it. You know what I mean? And and it was a hard it was hard to come to that conclusion when you've been hurt and when you've hurt other people. But you hear it in that song, bro. Just more vulnerability, man. I'm just being honest, dude. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I guess it's time to let the credits roll. Starting over is incredible. The performance of my lifetime, your story isn't like mine Shedding light on my actions, all the cameras on uh, In the beginning it was Kristen You may read the story and think it's fiction Been a singer and spitter before they ever did it I make friends but often stand alone Another personal one, you know, that has a real kind of autobiographical, uh, you know, feel is, is Grow Up. I mean, that delves into different chapters in your story, you know, going back a long way. Tell me, you know, what was your approach to that song and kind of the story behind it? It's funny um, because some of the songs that sound very autobiographical are, they, they hold some of the truth of my story but then some of it is just the relatability again the relevance that we're trying to that we're trying to um display in this album so grow up right like you hear me talk about being a six-year-old kid with big glasses right that's me yeah. <laughs> but but there's a lot of themes in that song that are just kind of this made-up story of a young kid who's growing up trying to figure out what to do with his ego and he, he you know kind of hear this like annoyed sort of like scared um, you know, failure to admit that he really does want a girlfriend, you know, and then yeah. it went, once he finally tries, his ego gets the best of him. He's not doing things God's way. And so it, he just ends up having to learn things the hard way. 
And that's just how it is for us, man. Like, we, I didn't have music like this to listen to when I was 13, 14, 15, at least in the Christian space, that helped me deal with how to grow up. And so this is a song that hopefully helps people all over the world understand that you're not alone in that process. Now it's really high, she was looking fine and I'm about to make this girl be my valentine. So I put on my best J's and slide on through. Told her I'ma win the talent show just for you. Uh, every time you dream, I'm the one you see. Cause I'm not a wannabe fake celebrity. So let's cut the small talk and grab my hand. And listen to me close so you'll understand that someday I'll be a king and you'll see it soon. Someday you'll hear my songs from June to June. Someday on the stage I'll be as big as Michael Jackson. Better tell me now if you wanna make this happen. Rock the crowd, drop the mic at the talent show. Save a seat. Where's she at, man? And I don't know. I had to text her because she didn't even show up. And she wrote back, Call me when you grow up. That was Kristen Gray. Stay tuned up next. Your feedback. changed over the past 2,000 years. The good news of Jesus Christ is not one of them. The ancient modern Bible gives you the opportunity to encounter the Bible alongside the great voices of the church, past and present, with in-text commentary and biographies from Christian thinkers, including Augustine, Charles Spurgeon, C.S. Lewis, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Eugene Peterson, and N.T. Wright. Full-color design that uniquely blends modern typography with traditional sacred elements. One faith, Handed down for all the saints. The Ancient Modern Bible. Available now at ancientmodernbible.com. You're listening to Joji. The song is Can't Get Over You, featuring Clams Casino. Okay, well, it's time for your feedback. Uh, on last Friday's show, the Christine Kane edition, we asked you something. I, I have, uh, there's an asterisk to this week's editorial question of the week. We asked you, um, we got to talk about the power team, John Jacobs and the power team. And we asked you last week, what are some of the more unusual evangelistic or gospel outreach things you've experienced or participated in? So here's the asterisk. Somebody pointed out on Twitter, we've asked this question not too long ago when we were talking about clowns. Remember clown outreach oh, and stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. That's right. <laughs> so we've, we asked this question, but... Maybe some of y'all didn't hear that episode and you guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you also posted on the podcast episode page. And, and frankly, we were unimpressed with the answers of the cloud. We had to go back. Listeners. Yeah, we had to double dip. Tough love. Uh, so here's some of our favorites. Connie uh, uh, said this, the, that uh, her favorite, they were called the convertibles because, uh, oh, you know. Oh my gosh. It has a retro theme, but also they're looking for converts. And the convertibles came to their youth group uh, in uh, in the 90s. And here's the thing. They sang 50s songs and shared the gospel. Uh, she what? said it wasn't so a big a draw, group? but apparently I was in the target audience because I bought the cassette. I just love that. Like there's a group of like, you know, really devout Christians who just love 50s music. And they're like, how can we merge these two things? Yeah. Like, <laughs> can we turn the 50s, you know, doo-wop yeah. songs into like Christian? They're like, no, let's just go to youth group and perform them. That'll Because they're like. 
or here's the thing. Here's my theory on the convertibles. They mm-hmm. they might not even be Christians. They just are like super passionate about doo-wop <laughs> and they realize they don't have an audience anywhere. Right. And they're like, what if we, what if we to like, we'll, we'll do a little, we'll preach something after. That way we have a built-in audience at youth groups that have to listen to our doo-wop. They could have gone anywhere. My thing is like, my thing that uh, the doo-wop thing like doesn't really say young people to me. Why, why didn't they just do that for the main church? I mean, you yeah. know, like as an outreach, yeah. that doesn't seem yeah. like a youth group thing. It's probably the pastor probably like saw it or listened to the cassette. He's like, I already told them they could do it. So let's make them do the youth group. You know? <laughs> <laughs> They're not ready. They're not ready for Sunday morning. This is like a triple A pitcher. You know what I mean? Like let's have him pitch middle relief on the farm team before he gets called up to the big leagues. You know, let's see how, the, let's see if the high schoolers boo That's them how off pastors the stage. Are. You get, you got to preach to the youth group for a few years before you get called up to the main stage. You exactly. know, it's like right. exactly. the same way. There's a version of this. That's like the movie where at first all the kids are like, Oh, I do up is bogus man we're into rock and roll but then they started yeah. and it's kind of like you know this is pretty cute like kids start coming in off the streets being like what's this crazy new tune and they're all dancing by the end of it that, there's a version of that where that happens i don't think it's probably likely in this case but i'm gonna go with it in my mind do 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 up do up do 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 and people like you see you see like kids just coming in they're like you know what i renounce my atheism i renounce my atheism what if I, everybody I, who converts after they hear it, they convert away from Christianity? What if that's the goal? I want no part of this. <laughs> just, just where, where is your God now? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Jesus can't make, these, can't make doo-wop cool, then he certainly can't save my soul. <laughs> I, I, they should call us the D-convertibles. Yeah, oh, the D-convertibles. Did you guys do choir tour when you were in middle school and high school? Uh, with your church? No. What is I that? did I did no. do one actually through a church. Yeah. It wasn't it was actually like, my church. I was just I was like a refugee. Yeah. Really? It wasn't even your church and you went on choir. So, where you, it makes you sound like you were like, you know, hitchhiking across the state and like a a, a bus full of a church choir like was like, hey, we're, we're we're missing a baritone. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you headed? And you're like, Charlotte, sir. And like, oh, it's perfect. Get him on the bus. <laughs> this feels like a choir tour thing. This, like this, this story, this uh, feedback felt like when people used to go on choir tour. We used to do it where we'd go to churches and do a little performance, and then you know go to yeah. like do like three churches in a drivable distance, and it was maybe we were the one, A weird subculture. So, Annie, thing. you can you sing? I do. Multi hyphenate. You sing doo wop. I mean, in a choir. What's what, the difference? What was, what, what was your? I don't know the difference between the you know tenors and the you know whatever the the what 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 you have and who's a sopranos and altos. So in the girl section, Jesse, there's sopranos that sing high and altos okay. that sing medium and low, and I'm more of an you alto. On- Okay. I love a harmony, you guys. I love a harmony. What's your favorite song to sing? Oh my gosh, I don't. I don't do like solo-y kind of songs. Um, I don't know. This is. I don't. I don't have. I don't know that I have a favorite song. I love any song that I can find a fun harmony. So any song that has like a a good alto part, I'm into. Like it. like how great thou art or something like that. Sure. 
Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's I mean, like, so yeah, easy. That's fine. I'll say can, this can for I, me growing up here, the state anthem and uh, for the Christian community, Jesus, lover of my soul. Oh, yeah, the, creepiest, sure. the creepiest of worship songs. <laughs> <laughs> to be sang in a choir of, you know, they, because we're here with an excellent a, alto part, Jesse. I'll but tell you I will that say much. this the weird thing about Jesus, lover of my soul, when they perform it here, they have, they have, they've replaced the choir robes with bathrobes, and it's very weird. <laughs> it's very. You got a whole stage full of people in bathrooms singing from about hotels. soul lovers. It's, yeah. yeah, it's soul lovers. Very weird. It's very odd. Um, okay, so Tim, from this is from Twitter. He said, <laughs> we had an evangelist on staff who had memorized most of the New Testament, which I think is pretty awesome, actually. But he said from time to time, they would be treated to an elderly Southerner quoting all of Luke. And doing different, probably cultural, insensitive voices. No. I think it's one thing to quote the Bible. It's another thing to put particular voices to particular characters. That seems seems like the wrong next So this is like the Simpsons of evangelists. Like, yeah, yeah, it might have been funny at the time, but we realize it has not aged well, like those accents. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, I'm... I'm a fan of memorizing scripture. That's some hardcore to have the whole New Testament memorized. Yeah, I, I, I think you could do without the insensitive accents. <laughs> uh, Amy Resigi over on the over on the podcast episode page. <laughs> I, I love this. Uh, she says, "When I was in fifth or sixth grade, a traveling youth group came to my church to do a play. Already, <gasps> we're in bad shape. Choir tour. This might may have been Annie F. That's a traveling right. youth group. Came <laughs> what did to I do say about play? that alto in the background? Oh, the, premise, alto. the premise was one of those shows within a show with fake commercials and everything. So I'm kind of getting it, like a live television <laughs> show. It's very I like, meta. I, I was like for it. sure meta. there. Right. I like it. Um, I could. There's like a Michelle Gondry church. If play, Jesse was you know, writing just, it, he would. Right. Yeah, all yeah, the yeah. commercials would be those like late night infomercial, thirty second ones where they like have the black and white reenactment of like you know trying to open a bottle and then like <laughs> oh, and tuple, it falls a Tupperware thing that I burned my house down on accident. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But see if you can go with her with her here. I could not begin to tell you what the play was about. All I remember is sitting in the pew next to my mom, enduring several quote commercials for the fake sponsor. <laughs> The First National Bank of Abstinence. Oh boy. Complete oh. with the jingle. <laughs> Save it till you've got a ring. Ding, ding. Oh, oh wow. Oh, man. You know when they thought of that. Mommy, like, what is oh, it? This it? is going to kill. Save it. Save You know what it is. Well, we can't I mean, talk well, about well, it. Allow someone, allow someone who Everybody is from Virginia a knows what it love. is, but... Can't, Cameron, allow someone who is from a state full of lovers right. who who literally wrote the book Lovers Do explain it. <laughs> <laughs> Chandler well, Paul's recording while Cameron and I have a very uncomfortable and very graphic talk. Yeah, two fathers having a conversation. <laughs> oh, Chapter man. one. You know, Cameron, it's funny. <laughs> I have a copy of Lovers Do right here. Allow me to read from chapter two. This feels, this feels bad. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot more feedback where that came from. If you want to go tell us your evangelistic horror stories. Um, okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, this episode, for some reason, we've talked a lot about kind of like where we're from. We've heard a lot about the origin story of Jesse's region, his town, his very area, very, his commonwealth. Very so weird. Um, <laughs> Like and, Australia, and, 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 Australia was founded by felons. They just they just sent all the creepies, creepy people to Virginia back in the day. Just said, you guys, you guys live out there. You guys live out there. Creepies to Virginia. Weirdos. Weirdos. Lovers and drug addicts. Um, wow. And 
<laughs> I think that was West Virginia, by the way, because I think I listened to the same story. But uh, it was not. It was in a 2000 person town in the southwest part of Virginia near the Tennessee and yeah, North Carolina border. It was an NPR story that I heard this morning. Oh, I want to listen. And OK, anyway, it got us thinking about uh, where we're from. We're all we all unless you live in a very cool city. Uh, we're, we all have a weird thing about our hometown, our town, our area where we live in. We want to know yours. We're not saying like sell us on it. We're not saying like, hey, make us want to come hang no, out. We're like, not promising we're going to come. What's the we're thing? Not we're not saying we aren't. We're that not saying true. we aren't. Like what? Well, could you go? I, I might ship. It's not too far away. I can. Uh, yeah, I might go. What's the thing? That's what we want to know. What's the thing in your area that is maybe not so usual? Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and uh, you can post your longer stories on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. It should be good. We have a lot of gators here in Florida, but that's not yeah. weird. You know, culturally, there's things. I don't think you realize how redneck Florida is. Well, I mean, you do. Florida, man. Yeah, people um, do. Uh, yeah, people well, now. I'm most famous for. Um, yeah, actually, you thought you yeah. kept that a secret. Y'all yeah. done a terrible job. I don't, at it I don't, yeah, I don't think. Andy, yeah. do you get the, the, the secrets out? Yeah, secrets <laughs> out. People know who lives in Florida. <laughs> Andy, do you get? I, I think you do because I think we get tagged in a lot of the same tweets. People who are like, "I'm in Nashville for for two days. What should I go do?" I, yeah, I, I probably get. I probably get three of those. I probably get three of those a day now. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, people want to know. Into, I have a yeah, I have a list built that I yeah, just email. I just keep a list saved on my notes too. That I, I don't want to. your oh, here's the new cool spoke speakeasy. Uh, I mean, that's usually cool. talking that's about. not what we're talking about. It's <laughs> yeah. not what we're talking I don't about. Sound like <laughs> I want to know about the butter churning culture in go. your region because yeah. you know you have the big annual what's butter the festival. Place, and, what's the place with like the light up cowboy where he's kind of like kick, winging his oh, arm out? Yeah, where is that? Just send me there. Just send me. I want to know where that is. Just me there. That's Las Vegas. There. In Tulsa, at the state fairgrounds, right there in the heart of the city, there's this massive, like, 60 foot oil driller guy from the yeah. 50s or something. What? It's, yeah. It's this huge. But the thing is, he doesn't do it. It's like you can drive out there and you're like, okay. And then just drive That's away. That's kind of cool, though. He doesn't do anything. They need to, he needs to have some sort of animatronic element. At least that, you know. Like he winks know. every once in a while. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> some, something to wait for. You know? this, yeah. Does this like, create would it be to every hour, an eyeball? Yeah. Every hour on the hour, his eye winks. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait all day. You're like, you know, it was kind of worth it. That was a pretty, pretty good wink. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be more of a blink, but that was a prolonged wink. It was. He should, yeah, be, in, really he should be in Virginia. That's a lover yeah. thing to do. You know, yeah, make, yeah, that's true. You know, he just me out. Of, he creeped me out. Waiting for Guffman, the Christopher Guest movie, waiting for Guffman, and the yeah. the play that they do about Blaine, Missouri. You know, oh, I love and that the movie. The stools, the stools, are, they're known for their stools. They had the stool boom. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to know. I want to know what's the equivalent of the stool boom for your region. What <laughs> What are you guys known for that maybe flies under the radar? Okay. Well, many thanks to our guest. Uh, Kristen Gray for joining us. His new album, Clear the Air, is out today. Go check it out. And thanks to the show's sponsor for making the, uh, the episode possible. Remember, you can go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant to find out more about their healthcare sharing program of Christians helping Christians with healthcare needs. It's awesome. Oh, uh, Jesse, on our Friday show, uh, we always prompt people. It's yeah. in my notes. I always prompt people. Oh, yeah. Hey, if you like the show, head over to iTunes, rate it, Five stars. Yeah. And leave a comment. We want to know what you think. If you don't like the show, keep it to yourself. But uh, yeah. Jesse, you've been looking at the iTunes reviews and uh, a couple caught your eye. What are people saying? What's the scuttlebutt? What's the buzz? Yeah, there's one There's one in particular I want to read that's kind of, you know, foreshadowing. It makes me very uneasy. 
because we <laughs> opened the show with me talking about how nervous I am about Space Camp and the scuba experience. And this person who, okay, here's the thing. They, they, they titled the review, The Best Podcast. And, that, and so I was like, oh, The Best Podcast already. But I was like, wait, this only has, this is only a four star review. Oh, how boy. can we be the best and, and have, and only be a four star review? And so I read the review and this is why it's concerning to me. And, and this is why I think my fear of scuba experience is real. It says, this is my p- favorite podcast. I listen to every episode. They are perfect. They are a perfect balance between hilarious and deepful thought. One star has Sounds been good de- so far. Well, here, here's where, here's where this is like the foreshadowing that concerns me. Um, One star has been deducted for the anxiety I am constantly made to feel <gasps> over Jesse's well-being. You hear that, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that? I swear that is all. I did not that write that. That cost us a star because people that think cost you're us hurt a yourself. star because you're <laughs> pressuring me into going to a scuba tank with wannabe astronauts. It's not safe. Oh, Well-monitored situation. So with they're not going to endanger astronauts. I mean. She's I, I, she's concerned for your well being because of your own choices, not because of space camp. Jesse, that's so well, you cost I mean, us a I star. Know what she's referring to, and let me this assure this person: review. those concerns are well founded. Yeah, serious. <laughs> I, I, here's what I don't want to admit: I'm the one who wrote that review. I wrote that. Yeah, listen, concerned. here's the like thing. Like, if you have a message that you would like to convey to Cameron about my general well-being in life, this is the place to leave it. Leave it on the review <laughs> and maybe I will read it to him and so that he can say that my fears are not unfounded. Go to iTunes and leave us a review. I appreciate a five star. I would like them all to be five stars, but this is like a red flag warning. The four star got my attention. So well done. It was well played there. <laughs> That's funny. Well, if you like the show, go leave a review at iTunes. We really appreciate it and helps other people find the uh, the podcast. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everybody. listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe Can I be honest with you guys? I'm not even entirely sure how postage works. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.